0: So today I want to start off our podcast by saying that my voice is brought to you by COVID-19, making me sound more Barry White than I've ever sounded before. Hopefully it's not too hard on the ears. Probably at times I'm going to cough and clear my throat and do bits and pieces, but hey, when those two bars come up on your rapid antigen test... You've got to do what you've got to do. Kia ora, welcome to the Invisible Sensei podcast. This is a podcast about my experiences as a martial artist, as a student, as a teacher, as someone who from time to time has stubbed their toes on the problems of the world and kind of gone, what am I doing this for? Please take time to check out the link in the description, it will take you to our YouTube channel and also to our profiles on social media which you're most welcome to check out and contact us on. We also have a wonderful merch shop where you can grab cups and a couple of other things if you're wanting to support the podcast or if you're wanting to support it more directly we have a link that you can do that also. Either way, enjoy the podcast, thanks so much for tuning in and keep training, keep smiling, keep enjoying and most importantly, keep developing. So, the difficulty I have at the moment with um, where I'm sitting and recording this podcast is that it has just become autumn here in beautiful Aotearoa, New Zealand which means that the flies are flying all around the place so if you hear flies buzzing in the background I apologize in advance. Also, I'm sitting in a comfortable in a somewhat comfortable chair, listen to this, that is very old, probably older than me, but it's very comfortable armchair that I didn't want to throw away. So, if you hear squeaking, you know what that is. Today I wanted to reflect a little bit about uh, I was going through some photos the other day and as happens when you go through photos, I stumbled upon one that had some meaning to me and just kind of... I guess, presented a few thoughts, a few, what's the word, a a few reminiscence about different things that I've experienced, but I want to talk about teachers and loyalty, Uh, and not all of my teachers have been in the realms of Asian martial arts or karate. I was very lucky as a young man, as a kid, to begin learning our indigenous Maori martial arts, and, um, one of my formative teachers was a gentleman called Mitamohi. Now Mitamohi was a... Gosh, where do I start? He was a practitioner of the Māori martial art of Tayaha. And Tayaha, if you've ever seen Māori weaponry, or at least you're familiar with it, you can look it up. It's T-A-I-A-H-A. T-A-I-A-H-A. And it's a really, really long club that kind of people who don't know what it is, they kind of look at it and go, oh, it's some kind of spear. It's not a spear, it's a really long club made of a dark, heavy wood, and it's kind of wielded in a fashion, I guess, very similar to a boar and very similar to iku for those Kubudo people out there. And hence probably why I really like boar and iku is two of my preferred and most favorite Kubudo weapons. Anyway, um he started teaching kids this art and to give you a little bit of a background there is a thing called the Tohunga Suppression Act that was enacted in Aotearoa at, in, in the early part of the 1900s to stop the use of the Maori language, our traditional language, our practices and all those sort of things, tattooing, carving, all the things that I guess are benchmarks of what a culture actually is and with that came a belief that indigenous things that of indigenous nature were just sort of less than and subpar and I'm sure you kind of get the picture. So part and parcel of that is you go through the generations and you have an indigenous people of which I'm part who grew up believing and are born into a world that has told them that they are less than, that they are... That what they believe and how they look and all these sort of things are not as important as fitting in and the hard part about fitting in is if you are not what people want you to be and you can't become what people want you to be you live your life feeling less than or kind of subpar which to be totally honest is a pain in the ass. Mita Mohi began teaching martial arts to a group of young men just around his tribal area and using the Fayaha and what it became over the next three or four decades, it became this huge, huge movement and that it was a renaissance of the martial arts. And there are many different martial arts and that come from the Māori culture as we call Dal the Maori world. As there are many different peoples and tribal groups and tribal nations and areas and territories so there's no one particular style but the thing which was a commonality to all of the practitioners and all of the people who became part of that one and i'll speak for myself is that we were kind of in deep water in deep water we were in a deep water without a paddle in that I've talked a little bit on this podcast about what it was like growing up and being told from an early age that I could never be Luke Skywalker <laughs> because I had brown skin and frizzy hair and big lips and um, you know all those sort of things and, and of course you know there's an element of humour in there but there's also an element of seriousness and so I have an opportunity to go and begin learning with these other young men and what we didn't know at the time was that we were learning uh, we wanted to learn how to fight with weapons that's what we wanted to do and we wanted to look cool doing it but what we learned along the way was about our custom our culture the nobility of our people and where we come from and who we are so to give you a little bit of a background on the sort of culture of Paiaha, or Maurakau as it's called also, also, is um, that during the Second World War, we had the Māori Battalion, which was um, an indigenous battalion which was sent to uh, the war for queen and country. And what happened was that many of those men uh, never came back. They were quite a famous group of warriors who made ultimate sacrifices as many had my own grandfather in fact uh who was captured at crete and was interned in a prison of war camp in germany can attest to that or could attest to that god rest his soul um and so what these gentlemen did these young warriors is they learned maurako and so that if they could use their rifles their 303s or what have you and they ran out of bullets they could then turn the weapons into weapons themselves and um, so you know there was a huge part of the warrior ethos of Maori people men and women there's been some incredible male and female warriors throughout our history and tradition not just in the Second World War and the warrior ideal is that of service and the word that we have for chief is nangatira. Nangatira is comprised of two words, nanga, as in raranga, or to weave, and tira, as in people. So the notion of being a teacher of anything is that there's an element of service implicit in it. And so we had this gentleman, Mita Mohi, and Mita, to give you an idea of who he was, he has was he had been a professional wrestler, he'd been a league player, a rugby league player, he'd been a union player, he'd been a boxer, he'd been a freezing worker, he'd been all sorts of things, he'd been a kapahaka guy, He'd, he'd done all these different things in our culture and he was a gentle quiet man who was able to make literally the hundreds and then the hundreds of thousands of young men myself included who came through his wānanga, or I guess you call it a Gashuku or uh ruha, made us feel proud of ourselves, made us feel proud to be who we are and stand for what we stand for. And also helped us to look at what our role in working for our people, for our community, and for our country could possibly be. He told us that if once you hold the tayaha, it will take you around the world, and that's been the True in many cases. I mean, if you see people like, gosh, um, well, just another one name drop because it just sounds silly. But anyway, um, there are people there that have been become movie stars and movie producers and artists and warriors and policemen. And then we, we when we go going to these Wananga, oftentimes we would have people who had come out of prison, who in some cases were still serving prison time but had been allowed to come and be escorted to take part in these training camps. And I tell you, every time, you saw the most amazing transformations. Now, just like with every transformation, some of them took and some of them didn't. Some of them were caught up in the moment and some of them went on to make huge contributions to our people, to our community and country, and some didn't. But you couldn't go to one of those camps and go to one of those training sessions and not feel something amazing a sense of belonging. And Mitter's I guess what's what would I what would I term it as if you want to put it in in in, okay, no, in karate terms, his dojo Kun his Dojo Kun was Kuo kuo I am you and you and, and you are me. Which was a way of saying that whenever we train with each other that we regarded the other person as though they were ourselves and you know it sounds like a really simple philosophy but a lot of the people who were part and parcel of that wananga and part and parcel of that training that was not the reality of their lives drugs alcohol gangs um, incredible stories of the, the worst kinds of mental physical spiritual and sexual violence abounded and during those wananga you know you'd go there and You'd see these people come in, not knowing who they were, going out with their backs straightened and their chests out. And while it didn't answer the questions of their lives, it did begin to straighten their spines, as I said, but it also started as a beginning point. And I wanted to talk about loyalty, and yes, it's going to be a little longer today, so I do apologise. Mita passed away uh, in the mid-2000s. And his dear wife had passed away some years before and after she passed away, he went into something of, I guess, a little bit of isolation. And it's not uncommon for indigenous people to feel that, you know, when older people, when they lose a loved one, uh, they can sort of go into a little bit of a decline, dare I say. And um, he passed away. I guess, I guess to my mind, I think probably pining for his lovely wife who was a huge supporter of his and and their lovely family or father as we say here and when he died it was only then that we all started to realise the enormity of the work that he he had undergone and that his son and his grandchildren now carry on that sort of proud tradition of training these young men of giving them something to believe in. The picture on the thumbnail of this particular podcast, I want you to take a look at. The gentleman who is in this photo, and the photo was taken by a wonderful Maori photographer called Jirafi Te Roa Bush, who is an incredible photographer uh, and an incredible artist and creator and amazing young man, took a photo of... This gentleman called Toy Hadfield. Now, Toy Hadfield, To give you a little bit of a background on him, he is a prolific artist. He is a carver, a master carver. He is a um, Tohunga tamu, He is a, a person who is who goes all over the world touring and lecturing on our traditional tattooing tradition. Uh, he's a fighter, a kickboxer, a martial artist, and above all, a expert uh, exponent and student of Māori martial arts. And I want you to take a moment to really have a look at that picture. Um, in the picture that Te Rua took, you'll see a man who has just come away from hospital. Uh, a terrible motorbike accident in which he lost his leg. And... Toy is one of those gentlemen who is, embodies everything that I love about, if you want to talk about loyalty and warriorhood and all these sort of things, uh, it is one of those images that always sticks to me about what am I most proud about our people. You see there he is in holding a thaiaha in one hand and his beautiful daughter is pushing him in the wheelchair and he is in the funeral procession for Mitamohi and you can see all the men around him. Mitamohi was the kind of teacher that one sees once in a blue moon. He was an inspiring, loving man who wherever he shone his light made us see ourselves differently. He was the kind of teacher that gave of himself even at his own expense. Every moment that I got to spend with him, every time we talked or trained or any of those things i felt like i was the only person in the room and i know that's true of thousands upon thousands of young maori men who changed their lives because of a great teacher the reason that i talk about this today is because i guess in finding that photo and seeing that amazing warrior featured in it and knowing why he was doing what he was doing he'd come out of hospital literally days after being in an accident which should have claimed his life. You want to talk about loyalty and courage. That's love. True, unadulterated respect and love and appreciation for everything that that man did for us. Now, I'm not saying that we need to go out and we need to be mitamohi and change a generation, which is literally what it did in generations to come. But I'm saying that if we are in a position where we are able to teach and pass on what we know and what we've learned and what we're about, then it is really important that we remember everything we do has importance. We don't have to go out to be anyone else's teachers. We just have to go out and be ourselves. And we have to remember that we don't own our students. We don't own this thing. We're just here to pass it on, to polish it and pass it on, and hopefully the people we pass it on to, irrespective of whether it's karate or judo or selat or whatever martial art you're doing, BJJ, whatever. It's not just about a battle with an opponent in front of you. It's about a battle with the person on the inside. And it's asking some essential questions of us. Who am I? Where am I from? and where am I going? And how do I help others on their journey? Because that's what martial arts is. So if you look at that beautiful photo by Te Rauhiti and you look at Toy, and you see him with his tire heart braised sitting in a wheelchair, that is the example of a warrior. That is example of love. That is the example of mana. That is the example of integrity that I know I try and Toy tries. And all of the young men, who are part and parcel and are still coming through are trying to emulate. We can't go out and be anyone other than ourselves, but ourselves is more than enough. Kuo kuo kue, kuo kue, kuo. As Mita always said, I am you and you are me.